Welcome to the Mind Over Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Carly Crew, a mom to twin girls, small town family doctor, and an anxiety and mindset coach for moms and mompreneurs. Let's face it, motherhood is an adventure, and it can be all-consuming if we let it. I believe that too often we lose ourselves when we become mothers, and our lives run us rather than us running our lives. This podcast is designed for the multi-passionate but overwhelmed mom who is ready to master her mindset, quiet the chaos, and create the life and business of her dreams without sacrificing what's important to her. Each week on this show, I'll bring expert tips, guest interviews, and a healthy dose of honesty to help you finally step back into your power and create the life you've always wanted. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to Mind Over Motherhood. Thanks for tuning in. Today, I have Julie Cass on the show with me, and I'm really excited to talk to her. Julie Cass is a successful entrepreneur, motivational speaker, certified health, business, and mindset coach, a yoga instructor, wife and mother of two children and three stepchildren. Julie is the founder and CEO of the Positive Change Group, a group that works with ambitious leaders and entrepreneurs to grow and scale their business in a simplified and holistic way. Julie believes that anyone can achieve success and true success is when you are thriving in all areas of your life. And I honestly can't agree more. Julie, thank you so much for joining me on Mind Over Motherhood. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So I would love it if you could just get started by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself. I know I just shared your bio, but I'd love to get into the nitty gritty details of everyone's life and what brought you to where you are. So I'll just turn it over to you. Thank you. So I'm super excited to be here. And I think one of the things I'm really passionate about and why I love your story and your podcast and helping women especially is, you know, life can be challenging. And I think that's a fair comment to say. It's, it's how we respond and the kind of tools that we develop in here to deal with what's going on out there. And for me, it's been a journey. And when I kind of look back on my life, I, you know, being an ambitious person, um, started my first business in my early 20s. And I was able to scale that to seven figures, but I did it at a huge, huge cost. And the, the biggest piece for me that I learned through that was, first of all, it was the start of my personal development journey, because when your life is completely out of balance and you lose yourself, I, I lost who I was. And I kind of thought, you know what, there's got to be more for me than this. And that piece where you start to discover your inner truth, and that's one of my biggest pieces is helping women have the confidence to actually find their truth, speak their truth, and then live their truth. And discovering what your truth is, is one of the hardest things as well. So for me back then, I always knew I was ambitious. I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I realized that I was living by what I thought was expected of me. I was living in a way to make my parents proud, to make others proud versus what was right for me. So if you fast forward today, I, at that time I was married at a young age and I realized that as I was growing, my marriage was not growing. And so made a courageous decision to step away from that, which in my family and my upbringing, that was kind of a faux pas. Like you just, you don't do that. 
So that was sort of the first volcano eruption in my life that needed to happen to say, hey, this takes a lot of courage for you to live in your truth. What's that? What's the aftermath going to look like? Um, and what does that mean for you? And as hard as it was, um, I know that it was the best decision because it obviously brought me to where I am today. And I since then have been on a journey and it's this balance between obviously being an entrepreneur and wanting to motivate other entrepreneurs. And also then when I became a mom, where I realized my priorities were, um, you know, my priorities were my children, but also me, because I knew what it meant to sacrifice myself before, before kids. And I wasn't willing to do that as a mom, because I knew that that would not make me as, um, as happy of a mom, to be honest with you, happy as a partner in life. So I think those early years in business, those early years of sacrificing, those early years of not listening to my truth and my voice actually helped prepare me for motherhood and how to balance career with motherhood and not compromise either. And that's not an easy thing to do. And I would say that that takes work every single day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I 100% like everything. Well, I, the people who are watching can see I'm like nodding as you're talking because I think there's so much in your story that a lot of women could resonate with. And when you were saying that, you know, your, your early entrepreneurial journey really prepared you for motherhood. I think that there's a lot of similarities between entrepreneur, entrepreneurship and motherhood, right? Because it is something that you can lose yourself in, right? When you start building a business. And I think if anybody who is listening is an early entrepreneur, even like myself, right? There's nights that you could like, you know, work for four or five hours and, and, and that can go on for like a week or two weeks. And before you know, you're like, God, I haven't even exercised in like a week. Like what is happening to me? And, and in, in a business like mine, where I am always teaching women about, you know, take care of yourself first and all that sort of thing. It's amazing how quickly you can lose yourself in something that's so all consuming like entrepreneurship. And it is, yeah. and that's just like motherhood as well. It's so, an extension of you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and the one thing that I typically say, you know, that I learned from one of my coaches too, is that you take care of yourself because when you are an entrepreneur, you are your business. So, right. And, and it's the same thing with motherhood. If you know that by taking care of your children, you have to take care of yourself. It's, they're kind of an extension of you as well. Right. They are an extension of you. And I think we've been going through probably some of the most challenging times the last few months. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's funny, I say to my clients and, um, you know, to my family and friends, like if there was ever a time and the health coach part of me says, you know, self-care is so important, but if there was ever a time to be non-negotiable, non-negotiable about it, it's now like Mm -hmm. we, we can't afford to, um, not replenish our energy. We can't afford to drain our energy on things that, that don't matter or things that, um, you know, before maybe we would give too much of ourselves up, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. whether it was an argument or a discussion or something you don't agree with, it's like now it's, it's creating that container for yourself. Um, and that mindset piece is so, so important. So all the things I've been saying for years, now I say like, now there's no excuse. Like you just, you have to, to be able to thrive in our environment. And, and my hope is when we go, when this passes, because it will, that we, those habits, hopefully that we've developed during this time, we maintain, because I think that self-care should always be a priority. 
Absolutely. No, I think you're so right. And speaking of kind of this coronavirus pandemic time, I think about it, it's like a bit like a pressure cooker yes. in a way, right? And it has been a pressure cooker for a lot of things. Like, so in different parts of my life, you know, in my professional career, in my business and all these things is that everything's kind of really, really under pressure right now. Families are under pressure. Finances are under pressure. Our mental health is under pressure, all these things. And so without those really important habits that are like the foundation, like you're going to bubble over with your pressure cooker, right? So it's really putting a lens on all of the things in your life that are not kind of optimized for your own health and wellness. And this is the time, right? To get them really solidly sorted out, right? To be, you know, getting your time in exercising or whatever it is that's so vital for your kind of equilibrium or homeostasis in your ba- in your life you know you have to get those things really hammered down now it's interesting because i think it's almost forced people to do a calendar cleanse and i always say we should be doing a calendar cleanse often like who are you saying yes to that drains your energy what appointments are you putting on your schedule that are not serving or moving your goals or vision forward and covid's forced us to do a calendar cleanse so I feel like the next kind of evolution is now to do a thought cleanse. And, and mm-hmm. I was saying this the other day, like a thought cleanse is really being mindful and paying attention to what are the thoughts? What's the tapes playing in our head? And what are some of those tapes that we need to upgrade now that we've been listening to, we have dictated our lives by and aren't really serving our highest and best interest. And now's a great time to be looking at those stories and those repeat patterns that are just not healthy, whether it's self-deprecating or self-doubt or judgments, whatever that is. And we tend to, as women, be our worst enemies to ourselves. Oh yeah. So I think that's so key right now is to be mindful of the thoughts. Totally. Because in a weird way, although COVID has overwhelmed us a lot of the time, it's also, like you said, kind of cleansed everything out in a such that I always talk about quieting the chaos And whereas our world feels like it's more chaotic than ever, really our home lives are calmer probably, right? To a degree, right? Everyone's home. No one's running to do activities all the time. And there's no sports, there's no activities. There's there's nothing going on. So the chaos is quieter. So now all of those thought processes, all of those worry loops, all of those traps that you're getting caught in in your mind, you're going to become more aware of them because there's less things to distract Mm -hmm. you from them now. So I love that you brought that up because um, I haven't spoken much about the COVID pandemic and everything on the podcast, but I think it is so, so important to talk about it and to to explain, you know, how that changes our self-care and how that might change, you know, our our routines. And I love that term calendar cleanse. I've never heard that before. I'm probably going to use that. That's a great, uh, a great term for it. But I want to step back because early on, you, you made a couple mention of a word that we kind of battered around a little bit before we started the episode. And that was balance, Mm. right? We talked about balance. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of, I wouldn't say conflicting opinions on the term balance. You know, I've heard some different, you know, thought people, thought leaders, whatever you want to call them, say balance is a bad word or whatever, right? But talk to me a little bit about balance and what that means for you or how you, you know, work that into what you do. So it's interesting because I actually do talks on this um, for, for corporate groups. And I think that Balance is a phenomena that we're always going to try to chase. And I'm not sure if you ever actually catch it. And I think that's the sort of maybe contradiction about it. Like what is balance and how do you find balance? And are you ever in balance? And the way I look at balance is when you're trying to find your peace, because I think the ultimate goal is happiness for, for everyone. I think the ultimate goal of life is how do we evolve 
And how do we find happiness? And I think happiness is our birthright. So it's something that we are all worthy to receive, all of us. We just have to believe that. So when we look at finding that balance, happiness, the issue is when we look outside of ourselves. And this is what I say to people. This is where it becomes an energy drain. If my partner just did this, then I would be happy. If my kid just behaved this way, then I would be happy. If my business just achieved this, then I will be great. That's when. And so we're always putting it on external conditions being right. And not to go back to COVID, but if we look at that, it's how do you feel inner peace, inner balance amongst the chaos, amongst the environment? Because our environment has tested us now more than ever in our life. And so I think people who are thriving in this time are people who are looking inward, who are finding that, I call it inner equilibrium, because I'm not in control of what happens outside of me. And if I actually try to control what happens outside of me, I lose my power. I lose my energy because it's exhausting. It's like paddling upstream in the opposite direction. And I think the whole purpose is to be in flow in your life. So that's really looking at, okay, if I feel a reaction, and not that I want to get deep into relationship stuff, but let's say I feel a reaction with someone in my life. I can look at that and say, oh my gosh, you know, what a jerk or what an ass, or I can say, sorry for saying that. Or I can say, what is being triggered in me? Because the mere fact that I'm actually being triggered by it means there's something here for me to look at and there's an opportunity for growth. And I look at that as that's kind of the mental mindset piece that is so worth investing in. And that's not something that we've been taught in our lives. It's not something we've learned in class. It's not something we've learned in school. I wish it is something that's taught to you. And I don't know if that's, you know, part of my personal evolution, part of me, you know, even my, my yoga instructor way, but the mindfulness piece, the looking inward and I've learned in my life, you can only really get that perspective when you choose quiet time, when you choose time for you. And I've worked in the spa and health and wellness business for years. This is self-care at a deeper level. This is self-care beyond getting a treatment, which I do believe in and I'm all for, but this is self-care in really going inward, whether it's through a meditative practice, whether it's being really mindful of we're energetic beings and where's my energy being drained and how do I replenish my energy? And that's the self-care routine, whether it's getting out in nature, eating healthy, um, moving your body. I mean, all, all of those things are going to replenish your energy, but the mindset piece along with that is, is I think where we see huge results in achieving that inner balance. I completely agree with you. I've actually, um, I'm currently writing a book about anxiety management and self-care is such a huge part of it. But in that, I talk about that I've almost not abandoned the term self-care, but I've changed it and to call it mental health care because yeah. I think self-care just gets such a bad rap because like you said, spa treatments are, are important and we all love spa treatments. Um, but, but sometimes it gets like, that's like what is equal, um, 
sorry, equated to self-care. Like self-care is like, go get a facial. And and I think that that's where a lot, we've lost a lot of women in this idea because people are like, I can't go get a facial. I can't go get a pedicure. Like that doesn't have, I don't have time for that in my life and I don't feel any different afterwards. And I think that you and I are on the same level. And that when we're talking about self-care, I always call it, talk about it having to be intentional and it has to involve some sort of like, you know, mindful reflection tuning in instead of tuning out right like yes it's fantastic to get nice toes but you know but there's something really powerful about sitting down with a journal and doing some reflective self-care and being like where's my head at lately right what am I not doing for my body that I should be doing right where am I letting my boundaries slip right really taking that internal kind of assessment and review of where are you feeling or and you know what's happening in your life what's your energy like right are you out of balance or in balance I think that when you start to do this work more and more in personal development, you, you can, you get really finely tuned about being able to detect when you're in or out of balance. You do, right? you do. And you know, there's times too, and I want to say one to two things about being a working mom. I often will say to my kids, I'm like, mommy needs a timeout. And I, you know, it's funny as parents were like, okay, we put our kids on times out, timeouts. And you know, that's sort of a normal parenting disciplinary thing. I say, mommy needs a timeout. And I'm honest with my kids. I say, look, I need to go take care of me because I'm not feeling good right now. And that's part of that emotional management, you know, mm-hmm. it's managing our emotions because it's easy for us to say to our kids, well, don't get upset. Don't get, don't yell. Well, it's kind of the same for us. And my natural instinct can be to get upset and to yell. And that's yeah. not the person I want to be. That's a, a learned behavior. And I'm trying to unlearn that behavior. So sometimes I put myself on a timeout. Um, And then the other piece I want to say about that inner balance, because I know a lot of moms struggle with this and as a working mom is that inner balance. And, you know, people ask me, well, how do you, how do you manage your career? And, you know, I've got three stepchildren, two kids at home with us, uh, my husband, relationships, family, aging parents, all of that. You know, how do you, how do you balance that? And I also want to say that one of the big pieces to finding that inner equilibrium or that inner balance is that when we're at work and we've decided to carve out time working on our business or our career, whatever that is, I show up 100% for that. But I also make sure when I meet my kids, we're present. We're not distracted on this. We have time to engage and to converse. And, you know, I've got a teenage girl who's 13. That is really difficult trying to teach her how to be present. But there's got to be sacred rules around that. At least I have found that really helps to find that inner equilibrium. The problem is when it all intermingles and there's no separation, we don't shut our brain off from work. We don't shut our brain off worrying about our kids. We feel guilty when we're at work and then we feel guilty Mm -hmm. when we're at home. Mm -hmm. And that is, that's torture. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really when you're at work, feeling grateful that you are there. And then when you're with your kids and your partner, you feel grateful that you're there and that you can enjoy both and know that both serve you and complete you. Totally. That makes sense. It's like avoiding multitasking, right? On a, I don't believe like, in that. Exactly. Multitasking at yeah, all. Yeah. It's yes. avoiding it, um, you know, on a macro, but also on a micro level. I mean, yes. on a macro level, like really do the task that you're doing, totally. but then on a micro level, like have the mind on the task that you're doing. That's mindfulness, yes. right? That's being present. And I talk about that a lot is that, you know, it's always those activities that we're doing that don't require a lot of cognitive, you know, cognitive thought. They don't require cognitive yes. work to fold the laundry, right? Like, you know, the, whatever you're doing, sometimes even work job, different things at work can be kind of mindless. And before you 
you know what, you're off spinning out somewhere else. And so it's like, avoid multitasking in all the different ways that you can, right? Um, because I, so I agree, true. it's when we're giving like, you know, 10% to our kids because we're 75% in our minds about other things about work, that's when you start to feel guilty when you are away from them. Because when you're it with is. them, you're not giving them the whole time. Right, well, and you don't fill their emotional cup. And you know, I'll say the same thing with my, with my husband, my partner. It's like, you can feel when you're talking to someone and they're not present with you, and that doesn't feel good because as humans, I, I think that is something we need. We need to feel heard. We need to feel just in and, and the same way that energy has got to go both ways. And that makes us whole. So for me, I'd rather say to someone, when you're ready to be present, we'll have a conversation, do what you yeah. need to do right now. And then when you're having a conversation, you're present, just like you've got to be present with yourself. And that's the quiet inner reflection time. So oh. I, that for me, being present is such a key to finding that balance and it's funny like everything like I always say your morning coffee tastes better when you're present or your tea when you're present drinking it your food tastes better when you're present eating it and your relationships get nourished um when you're present with people and so sometimes when I know like I think that's you talked about boundaries Carly and that's true having boundaries is healthy as women we need to have boundaries and say hey I've got to get some stuff done right now, but in an hour, I'm all yours, you know, mm -hmm. because better to be all there than sort of be 15% there and 15% here and 15% there. Yeah. And then I think it becomes easier to actually have boundaries. I think that boundaries and being able to define your time on your own is something that you and I have probably gotten very good at, but I do find that that's probably something that some of the listeners and some of the women that I've worked with in coaching, those are concepts that they don't, one, they're not familiar with, right? The ability to kind of define their own time or two, that they, they don't, are not comfortable with. They don't know they exist or they're not comfortable with them, right? Like even to the sense of you speaking earlier about saying to your child, like, you know, I need to take time to go for away from myself. That's something I do all the time. Like just literally 45 minutes ago and I was putting my kids to bed. She's like, mommy, can you read me another book? Mommy can't because mommy needs to go take a couple minutes because she's had a busy day and she's very tired and she needs to take time for herself. And yeah. my girls at two were telling each other, I need time for myself, right? Because they heard me saying yes. that, right? That's and so that's, that's become a thing for them. But a, a lot of women don't have that. They don't know that that's okay. They don't know how to start that. They don't know how to... Um, you know, figure out what's the right time to do that or if there's a right time and then how to go about doing it in a loving and compassionate way. Would so you agree? I would agree 100%. So what I would say to that then is start slowly. Start slowly because if we go, if we haven't been setting boundaries and then all of a sudden we go from, you know, A to Z, people around you are trying to catch up to that. So I think it's starting slowly to build that culture within the home. Um, but also it's like flexing a muscle, you know, mm -hmm. and I always say this to people, it's like, if you want to see your bicep muscle grow, you go to the gym and the first time it's like, oh, that feels really sore. And then it becomes easier. You know, this is a brain muscle. It, it's a self-care muscle that mm -hmm. we need to flex and having healthy boundaries is having you be heard. It's you valuing yourself and, and, and I'm going to say this on a limb, but valuing yourself enough and loving yourself deeply to have healthy boundaries. Yeah. And, um, and the, the interesting thing I think that happens if we integrate that slowly is people in your life will respect that. Mm -hmm. And that's probably one of the healthiest things we can model for our children as well. Mm -hmm. because they're growing up in a time where I think it's difficult for kids. I think it's difficult for kids because 
They don't have privacy. They, there's so many things that are exploited on social media and we can go into a whole other conversation about that, that they need to learn those boundaries. They need to learn those self-care techniques. So I always say to moms, like, you learn it, you do it, and you're, you are already that positive influence, I think, on your children. Absolutely, absolutely. And the things that you're struggling with are going to equip you perfectly to teach them how to manage those things, right? Yeah. And I think the other thing that, about boundaries, I'm a huge advocate for boundaries and assertiveness is a big thing that I teach a lot on. And um, it comes down, I think it comes down to agency, right? Being able to be that active agent who's, who's genuinely like kind of in control of your own life in a way, right? Which I know sounds, I don't really love that word control because I think we get a bit more grippy when, than, I mean, but essentially that you are the active director of your life, right? Yeah. And that that goes with your interpersonal relationships, which I think a lot of people when they hear boundaries, they think of the interpersonal relationships and that's a whole other conversation. But more so, yeah. I'm talking about that you can have boundaries around your you know emotional energy you can have boundaries around your time you can have boundaries around the morning like i say to my kids all the time this is mommy's morning boundary right like you stay i have that little clock on your desk because you wake up when it turns on before that is mommy's time right and so right setting boundaries in all these different ways and i think that there's uh, for, for some people there's, or for some women, especially, and moms, especially, there's a lot of guilt around those boundaries because for some reason, and I don't know where this came from, cause I don't think I ever had this as a mom, but like that we've come to equate motherhood with just sacrifice all the time, yes. right? That in order to be a good mother, you're just a martyr to your family all the time. And that yeah. is such a damaging narrative that now when we do start to do health promoting behaviors, like setting boundaries around our time, you know, carving out time to exercise, like take care yeah. of the body we inhabit, right? We feel guilty about that. We, we do. And, but I think that the more you do it, the better you feel, mm -hmm. then it becomes a healthy addiction. And your kids, yes. your kids get the better version of you, yeah. you know? And I think that's, that is what's so key. Like I, there are things for me that are non-negotiable when it comes to my self-care rituals. And, you know, my kids know now, um, you know, mommy gets up first thing she does, she meditates. And they know in that time, it's like, you know, the first few times my son would come in, I could feel him, he posted. Now he just knows, he knows. It's like, okay, mommy's meditating. Like, let her have that time in that space. And it's become normal for him. Like, that's become a normal thing that we do. It's yes. not... Um, so he's learned that, okay, when she's meditating, I can go, you know, watch TV. So yeah. that's, that's his boundary. Right. And, yeah. and, and it works fine um, for that, for that time period. And I don't feel guilty about him watching TV when I'm meditating, because when I'm done meditating, then we'll go and we'll work out together or go for a walk together or something together. Yeah. And so we're both getting served. Like our emotional needs are both getting met. And I know sometimes I, I think for me, I, it was, I felt more guilt actually about going on a date with my husband than mm -hmm. I did about the self-care because the self-care for me, I had sacrificed that before kids. I had burnt myself out so badly. I didn't know what day was Sunday. My, like I worked seven days straight for a year when I was building my first. Oh my God. So for me, I knew that self-care would never be secondary anymore. And I knew that being a better mom, self-care had to be at the forefront. And I love coaching and teaching women around this. But I felt a little guilty around going on a date with my husband. That's where my guilt would come up. Hmm. And so it was interesting because I'd say to my kids, I'm like, okay, well, mommy and daddy are going to go on a date. And because when mommy and daddy are happier, the whole family's happier. And so now they're like, go on a date. <laughs> you on a date. So, you know, it's whatever you're yeah. uncomfortable, whatever your growth is to have boundaries, 
I think when the intentions are good and they're healthy boundaries and it's for, like you said, it, it's conserving your energy, replenishing your energy, nurturing your relationships that matter to you. Um, and maybe letting go of relationships that drain your energy. That's, mm-hmm. that's not a bad thing either. That's having boundaries too. Totally. Couple things that I just want to touch on. So one, you mentioned, you know, that it took a little while for your son to realize, right? Because yeah. I think that's, you know, that the self-care was your self-care time. And I think uh, the uh, one objection I often get from women when I'm trying to say, okay, it's time to find some time for yourself. Is, oh, my kids never let me. My kids won't give me the space. My kids wake up all the time. My kids come in and they pester me. My kids, this, my, you know, all these things. And, and I think the important thing of your story, and it was similar to mine, granted my kids were young when I started, but it's that your kids won't get it at first and that's okay. Right. And, and just like, it's not going to become a habit for you overnight. It's not going to become a habit for them overnight. And the key is that you keep committing to it and you remain consistent. Right. And that sometimes you allow, you know, you don't have to be rigid and perfectionistic about it, but sometimes that you, you know, you allow for a bit more screen time to make sure you get your you know, your self-care in, but to realize that your kid might not, or your kids or your husband or whoever it is, you know, in your life might not get it at first. And that's okay. That yeah. doesn't mean you're doing the wrong thing yeah. because they don't like it that you take 30 minutes from them. Doesn't mean you're doing the wrong thing. If Absolutely. anything, if they don't like it, that you're taking 30 minutes from them, I think you should probably take 60 because clearly yeah. they need to learn some independence, you know, but I know I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I think you know, you had said this before, I, when we say, you know, we are in control of our life. And I always say like, it's your canvas, you're painting it, right? Yeah. So what colors do you want to add? What strokes do you want to add? And we feel stressed and, and anxious when we feel that it's outside of us. And mm-hmm. having those boundaries is you taking control of your life. And, you know, I have that, again, I work with busy moms, building businesses, um, career moms, we all have 24 hours in a day. We all do. We all have 24 hours in a day. It's how you prioritize your time. Mm-hmm. It's how you prioritize your time. And there is something I think thoughtful as a mom to teach your kids self-care, to teach your kids um, that when I take care of me, I'm better for you. And also to teach your kids a little bit of independence. And obviously, you know what, when you're, when you're in the toddler phase or it's the first year, I always say the first year of being a mom, it's like all the rules go out the window. If you can sit in a shower, you're lucky. And you know, so it's the most selfless time of your life. The problem that happens is we tend to continue that. And when you can start to have those boundaries, it's again, that muscle that needs to be trained and flexed to say, oh yeah, I've got to remember I exist. I have to remember I'm important. Um, I have to remember that there is life beyond this. And one day my kids are going to be out of the house and independent. Who am I? And how much have I loved myself? And who's that person that I love every day? And now when my kids don't need me as much. Totally. So I think it's just all a cumulative thing. Yeah, absolutely. So you have, you had built a business before and then now you are building the positive change group or how did that work? Tell me a little bit. Yeah. About so it's a bit of a, it, it's a bit of a history. So in my, my first business was when I was in my twenties and then I've actually run a few businesses. I also co-founded a spa and wellness consulting company with my husband and he actually still runs that full time. Wow. Um, I years ago went, uh, when we were doing that, we had kids and it was great because again, 
being able to choose that flexible schedule. Although, you know, boundaries being an entrepreneur is hard. Like I found sometimes it was 11 o'clock at night. We'd be talking about clients. I was like, no, we cannot do that. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's so interesting about, I've, I've learned, I feel like I have mastered that and, and really am really sacred with kind of where my time is and, and, you know, just be productive when you're at work, when you're at home, you're at home. And nighttime for me is nothing to do with business. That's about self-care and my kids and my husband. Mm -hmm. So, but I went back to run our family business. This was 10 years ago or more than 10 years ago. And I, at that time, going back to run the family business, it's a resort. It was a resort. We've sold it since. And 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, over 300 employees that I was managing. And, you know, this is a, a longer story, but I went back because second generation running it, my parents were sort of burnt out and I knew I could do it, Carly, mm-hmm. but I talk about boundaries. Mm-hmm. My mom did that operation six days a week and that's the only way she knew how to do it. And I said, well, I'm going to come back and I'll grow this business. I'll scale it, but it's going to be under my terms. And you're going to measure me based on results, not time that I'm physically in this building. Yeah. And I was able to scale that eight figure business over 45%. And I did it four days a week. And so for me, that was all about having boundaries. It was all about letting go of guilt of not working like a dog because that's what was taught to me. You had to sacrifice to succeed. And then also guilt with when I was working, not being with the kids and having to really overcome that inner balance. And then after doing that, um, I founded the positive change, which is really to help ambitious women, to help women find that inner equilibrium. We talk about to find that balance, to find that happiness and to do it in a holistic way in the sense of I've kind of been down the path where it was the self-sacrificing way. I went down the path where I had to master and conquer the guilt and really scaling a business or growing a business or being successful is just one part of the equation. But to me, real success is when relationships, your finances, your career, your um, health, your mental well-being when all of that is being nourished. And so that's really my passion with the positive change is, like I said, I think happiness is our birthright. We just need to decide. We need to find um, that inner voice that says I'm worthy and not listen to some of the tapes that have been, you know, played in our head from society, from childhood. Um, I call those limiting beliefs and being able to sort of break free from that because I really believe that anything's possible. And I believe that if you have a dream that you want to accomplish, you can do it and you can do it in a way that is for your highest and best self. And so that's what I love helping women achieve is cultivating that inner confidence. And also, um, I call it healthy mind, body, and business because it's all connected and it's very difficult to have one flowing and not the other. You can, but at a cost and it won't last that long. So when you can work on all the results are quite amazing. I 100% agree with you. I feel like we're soul sisters. We're doing different things, <laughs> but, we're, but we're talking the same language, you know, like at the end of the day, we're talking the same language and we try to help women do the same or similar things, right? And it's kind of like stepping into whatever that full purpose is and then finding, you know, that 10 out of 10 life in all 10 areas or whatever, you know, however you would describe it. Um, yeah, you know, and, and realizing that, that balance isn't necessarily meaning you put 25% to four things, right? Yes. But it, right, it doesn't have to be like a broken exactly. down time. I spent 10 hours here and six hours here and that, and it's not that balance in a sense, but it's that inner balance 
of do I feel fulfilled? Do I feel like I'm all my needs are being met, including those of, you know, what's my purpose? Because I think we talked about that a little bit before we got on, but that in the, in the motherhood transition, we tend to lose so much of that purpose. We think, and I've had moms and it's wonderful if motherhood is your purpose and you wake up and every day you, the motherhood is your purpose. It's a beautiful, beautiful mission. I think it there's is. nothing more beautiful for a purpose than to foster the next generation of human beings. It's your most important job. Most yes. important job. That being said, it's also beautiful and fantastic if there's something outside of motherhood that, that brings you that fulfillment and purpose, right? And the, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And the, and, the thing, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. Um, and it's finding the balance between those two or maybe even three things, right? In my life, it's three things. And sometimes it's even four. Sometimes I'm like, yeah. God, Carly, stop finding passions. You don't have any time, <laughs> right? Um, it's saying, okay, I have this passion inside of me and maybe it's motherhood. Maybe it's more than motherhood. Maybe it's something aside from motherhood. And those are all fantastic. But how do we do that? And how do we put it into practice so that it all works and that it all feels good, as good as we want it to feel, right? When we dream up these big, beautiful dreams, we all have visions of what they'll feel like. And yeah. I think sometimes trying to get there, like how you've described, right? When you sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice, that was on the basis of a dream, no doubt, right? You were pushing for a dream real hard. We were just kind yeah. of doing it in a slightly wrong way, right? Slightly a way that just sacrificed too much of, of something. Yeah. So a, a couple things, like I think anything that is difficult or that we perceive to be difficult is because of a belief system that we've adopted and, and have brought in as true. And if you work on things being more in flow, when you work on things and, you know, this is really a lot of that inner work and that inner dialogue that you can then create like whatever it is you want in a way that is for your highest and best self. I had to learn the hard way because I was living by someone else's belief system. And I adopted that as my own. And then I realized this inner voice was screaming at me and my life had to blow up in order for me to see that. And I hope and want to help facilitate people to say, your life doesn't actually have to blow up for you to get that message. It doesn't. You just got to pay attention to that inner voice. And one of the biggest things, and you said this, and I think this is so true and profound is giving yourself as a mom permission to dream whatever that looks like and for a lot of women when we self-sacrifice we actually squash our dreams or we squash our wants and their desires and so it's interesting when i actually ask the question to women like what do you want it's a simple question but it is so hard for people to answer that especially women i think it's easier for men but for women, because we are used to serving and, and putting ourselves second, especially when it comes to our children, our needs are usually secondary. So, but we're human and we have needs. We all do. So I think if you can give yourself permission, I would say like, you know, find a quiet space, listen to some music, do a little deep breathing, exhale, and then unapologetically write down what your desires are. Not worrying about how just what they are. And if guilt starts to creep in or who do I think I am to want that or who do I think I am to deserve that, that's the critic voice that you've got to let go and get to that pure truth, those pure deep desires that are within you. And they and should make you scary. <laughs> they should make you scared. They should make you scared, right? Those dreams. Yeah. You should feel that like, oh, I shouldn't write it down. Yeah. Like you should feel that emotional like response. And when you feel that emotional response, that's when you know you're hitting the truth button mm -hmm. is when it does feel scary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I love that. So, so true. 
And I just wish, like, I, I think that's the best part of coaching. And I think you probably agree is when you finally can help somebody get to the point where they're like, well, maybe I don't want what I have right now. And that's okay. Right. And I was just sharing with you that we're going through kind of a transition like that right now that we, we did what everyone does, right. We followed the script of you get married, you have kids, you buy a beautiful home. And, and you know, if I had a dream house, this would be it. This is a fantastic yes. home that I bought, but yet here we are. And I'm like, you know what? Something inside of me is saying that this isn't actually what I want either. Right. Like that I have a different dream. And, and now, you know, we're literally 11 days at the time of this recording from moving out of our home and into our tiny home so that we can travel more and live truly the life that, you know, or a, a life more similar to what I dream up. Right. Yes. Um, but it, it's scary. It comes, you know, nothing comes without sacrifice, but make sure that you're at least sacrificing in pursuit of the good thing, yeah. the right things, the right things. Yeah. Right. But, 100%. but yeah, if you're dreaming up something and it's giving you like the, you know, the, that tightness in your belly and the flutter in your chest, it's probably yeah. the right step, right? It's probably yeah. the right step. Give yourself permission, write it down. Like, you know, start blank piece of paper or a journal. What do I want? And then just start filling that out. And, you know, again, it might not happen right away, but even days just go back to it. Or what about this? What about that? And especially when you hear like bringing a consciousness to the thought process is so big mm -hmm. when you hear that critter brain or that voice that's saying mm, I don't think so or who do you think you are that's where you just put that away again it's like mm -hmm. flexing that muscle and training mm -hmm. it's, it, I call it brain training is really mm -hmm. what it is mm -hmm. to find your inner truth because that that's the key to balance that's the key to happiness is not denying yourself and I think we are taught as mothers that that's selfish but it's actually the most selfless thing you can do 100 percent Preach. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> I agree. This is such a great conversation. I just love everything we've spoken about, Julie. I think we could probably talk for at least another hour, but in the interest of time and for our listeners, would you please share where um, listeners can find you, how they can yeah. connect with you and how they can work with you? Yeah. Awesome. So my website's thepositivechange.ca and both my Instagram handle and Facebook handle are at the positive change group. And I also, for any aspiring entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs that just need help in scaling, I've got a private Facebook group that is called elevate your biz getting beyond the layers. And those are getting beyond the layers that are holding us back. And so I really love working with not just business fundamentals in that, but also mindset shifts. Um, that really kind of help us become more in flow so that we yeah. can live in grace. Yeah. I love that. I think that, you know, I had my own mindset struggles, which was it's just super ironic shifting when I did my slight, my little business pivot. I had such a big mindset challenge to shift from doing, you know, just strictly anxiety and mental health coaching and helping women in that way to mindset which is the yeah. irony is so obvious to me now um, that it was such a mindset thing. But, but what I've really realized, and I think you would probably agree is, and you've said it before, is that mindset is really everything in every single part of our lives, right? That prevents anxiety. It's how you, it's how you, you know, what, what is going on in your brain and how are you perceiving what you're experiencing and how can you shift that perception in just the slightest way or a big way, if need be. To get where you need to go and i just love that so mindset and business is everything i don't think your business ever exceeds the level of your mindset work i don't know who said that but i'm sure someone famous and uh, right and and yeah. and i always think that online business especially but entrepreneurship is just like a personal development program with a compensation plan 
Yeah, yeah. You just chose to grow. Yeah, yeah exactly. You just got to grin and bear it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Julie, for joining me on Mind Over Motherhood. And to the listeners, we will catch you next time. Thanks for having me. It was awesome. Thank you so much for listening to the Mind Over Motherhood podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get updated each week when a new episode is released. Have comments or questions about this episode? Reach out to me on either Instagram or Facebook at Carly Crew or through my website at carlycrew.com. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you could share it with someone you love or snap a screenshot and share it on social media. Be sure to tag me so I can say hello. As always, remember, you're meant for more mama and there's nothing wrong with that.